Lead me to some soul today. Oh, teach me, Lord, just one. All right. Uh, welcome, everyone, to episode number six of a series of episodes that we're calling Leading Others to Christ. And during these episodes, we'll be focusing on evangelism. Uh, one of our goals, we have several goals, but one of our goals is to try to stir us, stir us up to love and good works, especially in the area of reaching our family and friends with the gospel of Christ. My name is Dan Barker, and I preach for the Creekside Church of Christ in Franklin, Indiana, where I also serve as one of the shepherds. Now, those of you that know me know that I, I have, I'm passionate about evangelism, and I have been ever since... Uh, I was taught the truth and obeyed it when I was 21 years old in, in Owensboro, Kentucky. And ever since then, I've, I've always strived to learn how to teach others uh, and what others are doing and uh, uh, anything I could get my hands on to better equip myself. And, and, and I've been saying this every time in these episodes to how to teach others, how to sow the seed, how to fish for men, to make disciples, uh, persuading men and women in teaching others to teach. So I came up with this idea to identify the Christians, men and women, those fellow workers who are reaching and leading others <clears throat> to Christ. And once we identify those, uh, we want to learn more about them, who they are, where they are, why are they so motivated uh, in doing this work? Why are they so motivated in leading others to Christ? <clears throat> and how are they doing it? And we're excited today uh, to have someone with us that I think, because I know him, I know him pretty well, that we can uh, that we can learn a lot from. We have Wilson Adams. Uh, hello, Wilson. Well, good morning, Dan. Uh, first of all, let me say uh, I'm kind of intimidated because I go back to what my uh, friend uh, Jimmy Hawkins used to tell me about you from Owensboro, Kentucky days and uh, basketball, and uh, then your career into coaching and. Then uh, we've developed a friendship since then, but uh, it's always good that always, it's just great to see you and, and get to be with you and just appreciate your, your enthusiasm about, about everything and especially about this subject. So I am, uh, I'm thrilled that you asked me to participate. Well, that, that means a lot. Yeah, Jimmy Hawkins, what a, what a great guy and special family. His mom and dad, his mom and dad actually helped me quite a bit when I first became a Christian. Uh, so we can talk about that family for a long time, but thanks yeah. for bringing Thanks for bringing him up. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, so much to talk about, and the time always goes so fast. Why don't we start with, okay. you know, the old elevator pitch type thing. You know, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and, and tell, tell everybody that's listening a little bit about Wilson Adams. Oh, wow. Maybe I need to put my wife on to uh, – <laughs> she, she knows me better than I know me. Yeah, Julie could do a good – we need to, oh, interview, yeah, Julie, we we need to interview Julie sometime. That's yeah, cool. I live in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, outside of Nashville, and we've lived in uh, Middle Tennessee since 1994, and I am currently working with the Veterans Parkway Congregation in Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro is – oh, it is a uh, – one of the top growing cities in the country simply because it's a major, major bedroom community for, uh, for Nashville. And so it's just a, a community of uh, young families with lots of kids and the church usually reflects the community of which it is a part. So we've been, uh, our congregation uh, didn't started in um, May of 2012. So we're only eight years old. In fact, last Sunday was our eighth anniversary, but it's gone, gone really well. And, uh, we enjoy living here. I do a lot of I do a lot of uh, 
preaching here and around the country. I write a lot. Sometimes I don't know if I'm a preacher, author, or author preacher, but I enjoy both of those. And so uh, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. Uh, three years ago, we adopted three children. In in addition to our four, our our own children are grown and married. Uh, and so we had a house, and either we were going to downsize or upsize the rooms. And so we decided to upsize the rooms and put people in them again. And so we adopted three children from. Uh, the Eastern Europe country of Bulgaria. So they're with us now. And, and uh, so uh, life is always uh, fun and exciting. Well, uh, those that know you uh, uh, and keep up with uh, you and Julie and, and the kids and, and the adventures with all that, we, uh, we really admire you and appreciate what you two have done. And uh, those kids, I know they realize it, but uh, they're very fortunate uh, that that you two came into their life and vice versa. I'm sure I, I know that you that you've grown a lot from that Well children adopting children, especially older kids kind of like a, a church getting elders They think they want them until they get them and then they realize there's certain things as accountability and Responsibility and sometimes you don't get to do everything, you know, you think yeah. you, you ought to be able to do so uh, but we've all grown together and, and that's, you know, they're, they're learning what family really is all about. And so that's, that's the best part. Well, that's wonderful. I, you know, I didn't realize that the congregation was only eight years old. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's uh, that's another discussion. You know, so many that are going to be listening to this, uh, maybe they've never been a part of a new work and, and where they attend that, you know, it's always been there. I've been involved in starting some congregations and it's a whole different uh, skill set, isn't it? Well, this was a murder. There were two congregations, both of which were struggling for to be viable. Both congregations had about 40, 45 people, and uh, neither congregation was, was, was growing as they should. And so somebody had the bright idea, and it wasn't me at, at first, somebody had the bright idea, why don't these two congregations become one and we start a new congregation? And so long story short, that's exactly what happened. First Sunday in May 2012. And we started with about uh, oh, 80 or 90 people, and uh, we're up to about 200 now. And so uh, it, it, it doesn't happen often, mainly because attitudes get in the way and uh, control gets in the way. But thankfully, these, these brethren all came together and, and in love and harmony, and it, it worked. Well, that's great because, uh, unfortunately, and I've told, I, I don't know if I've said this every time for the interviews, but. You know, we're going to try to keep this as positive as we can because we both know that there's there's problems in the Lord's work. And there's some places, unfortunately, that, the, you know, they're closing their doors. The, the congregations are just dying uh, because nobody is doing what we're talking about here, evangelism in those communities. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's because they don't know that's a part of the, the mission or that is the mission or they don't know how to do it or whatever. But that's what we're trying to do with this, Wilson, is try to okay. stir some people up and go, hey, you know, this is, you know, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And we're supposed to be doing the same thing. Right. Uh, so let's just build on that a little bit. So two congregations merged, 80 mm -hmm. to 90 people, and you're up close to 200 now. So yeah. maybe have, what have you done? How have you grown there? How have you reached out to people in the community? Well, I mean, we, we've done different things. For the first, I would say the first uh two, three, four years, um, we really focused inside. We really, we, you have to focus on, on merging and you have to focus on those attitudes and you have to focus on everybody working 
working together. And I think once you reach that point where, where, where that's pretty well, everybody's on the same page about that and you got a little history together, then your then you're in reach because goes, goes outreach. And, uh, you know, congregations have a reputation in their community. And, and one of the things that I, I think is really important is if, if you can get your people excited about worship and your people excited about scripture and your people excited about what the Lord has done for them, they're going to go talk to other people about that. They're going to share that message. You know, the, the time Jesus healed the man and the man said, hey, I want to go with you. And Jesus said, well, I don't want you to go with me. I want you to go home and tell people you know what I've done for you. And that, that has always struck me, yeah. that here was a man who wanted to walk beside Jesus and go with him. But Jesus knew back in his hometown or people he had influence with and relationships with, he could go tell them and bring them. You talk about a huge message for us in the 21st century. Yeah. It's not any different today. I, I don't know. I, I just, you know, that's one of the things that I'm learning here. And like I said, this is our sixth episode and, and you wouldn't believe the notes that I have and all the, the things that people are bringing up are just, I think are, uh, they border on fascinating. And, uh, you know, let, let, let's do this. Let's say that, that, uh, my wife and I moved to Murfreesboro and, uh, well, let, let's do it another way. Let's say, well, let's say we moved there, but we're not Christians. Okay. And we hear something about the, you know, veterans parkway and, and we, show up as visitors okay so what so we show up there as visitors what do you do anything special to you know because i've heard some people say and i've experienced it too you can go some places and, and maybe nobody even says it hi to you right well i mean we've all done that yeah yeah i mean we've all been there yeah so what 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 is what do you guys do that's maybe different that can help other groups we really we really encourage our people in fact we have people standing outside the doors you know, as people come in, greeting people, and we really encourage our folks. We don't have anyone specifically assigned to that, but we really encourage our folks, all of us, to be greeters as much as we can and, and, and to welcome people. And one of the things that I stress is you've got to not only introduce yourself to someone, you've got to hand them off to somebody else. <clears throat> in other words, it's, it's typical the, the preacher meets visitors and guests. Okay, but that can't be the end of it. After, and I only have a brief period of time, and so I meet, I meet Dan Barker and his wife, and hey, I'm glad to meet you. I'm so glad that you joined us in our assembly today. We engage in conversation, but you know, as well, there's other people kind of want to get to you and shake your hand and all that kind of thing. At that point, my job becomes to hand you off to somebody else. And so I kind of, kind of grab your arm and say, hey, I want you to meet I want you to meet so-and-so here and I introduce you to them or I introduce both of you to another couple and then I walk away and then you engage them in conversation. And a lot of times I'll try to find common connections. We had a, we had somebody visit with us from California recently. So I'm, and he was, had moved to the area. So I'm visiting with him. I learned that. I I said, Hey, there's somebody you got to meet. And I went and got a couple that just moved here from California. And so immediate connection. We've got people here from Indiana. I would make that connection with you and hand you off to them. And so you immediately find, you find some kind of common ground instead of walking out of the building saying, well, the preacher was nice. He shook my hand. Well, you know, big deal. It's gotta be more than. That. Oh, it, it really does. And it's, uh, you know, some people are just naturally that way or outgoing and, and, and naturally would greet others, but some have to be taught, you know, right. like Paul talked about to the Ephesians of equipping equipping us, you know, we, we need to learn how to do that. Well, let, let's take it a step further. Uh, let's say that, you know, 
that I maybe maybe there's something you said in your lesson and, and as I'm leaving and you're telling me goodbye and nice to be you know good to have you today and and uh, and maybe I make some comment about the lesson that triggers your thought that Dan and his wife may be interested in a Bible study. So mm -hmm. how how would how would you go about setting up a study and what tool do you use? Have you got your own study? You use someone else's? What do you do there? I, I use my own. I use my own. Yes. I, I, and I, I, I've played around with things other people do, but I, I have to use my own. Yeah, you know, when I first started preaching, and I, 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 that was back in the 20th century, um, <laughs> I, I, back then, you know, it was kind of archaic, and you use those old film strips. Oh, yeah, Jules Miller. You remember Miller. those? Jules I never could. I never could get past the patriarchal age. <laughs> I'm sure it was probably me more than anything else. But I never could get past the patriarchal age, and I was getting frustrated with that. So I finally, finally got with some other guys, and and th that just wasn't working for me. So I just, I had to come up kind of with my own. I had to come up with my own thing. And what I do, I sit down with people, and I try to start where they are. Because yes. as I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's it. That's what Jesus did every time. He started where the people were. He didn't try to. He didn't try to force something that wasn't. He took common ground and he went from there. Uh, Philip, the, the Ethiopian. Oh, I see you're reading out of the scroll of Isaiah. Let's talk about that. And so it went. It went from. It went from there. And so the, the disciples going across the boat and they're on the lake and they're talking about oh, we don't have enough food. And Jesus said, Well, let's talk about food. And, and and he started from there and taught them a lesson. And how many times did he do that? And so that's, I try to start where people are because everybody comes from a different place. And so I try to start where they are and let them talk a little bit. And I try to listen. And at some point, and it may be, it may be then, it might be at another time. But my approach has always been that most people don't see the Bible as a whole. They see only bits and pieces. And it's kind of like working a jigsaw puzzle. If you don't have a picture on the box, if you don't know what you're putting together, it's going to be really hard to put it together. And so what I try to do is use that illustration of the jigsaw puzzle because everybody, everybody worked a jigsaw puzzle. Everybody knows the principle. And so the Bible's kind of like that. Here's John 3.16, which just a piece. And, and most yeah. people know that. Or most people know what they call the Lord's Prayer or the 23rd Psalm. So they've got all these pieces scattered about, but they never have put them together. And so what I try to do in, 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 at one time is say, hey, let's put the pieces together. Before we start talking about specific individual things, let's put the pieces of the Bible together and show how it all works. And I'll start, I'll start in the very first verse, Genesis 1-1. And, and, and usually that's common ground right there. And, and, and then move on into Genesis 12 and talk about the three promises to Abraham and how the Old Testament story fulfills the first two and the New Testament story fulfills the third and how all of that works together. And then I'll go, I'll usually go to the book of Ruth because it's short, it's easy to understand. And I'll say, for example, the book of Ruth, why in the world are, 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 is this little book in the Bible? And I'll connect book, the book of Ruth because everybody, you know, you know the story of, of uh, Ruth and Boaz and their baby son and who he came to be. And David came from that. And that's, you know, it's just a, a little slice of what was happening to these people as they were in the land and waiting for the coming of Christ. Uh, that little boy happened to be in David's line. And let's go to Matthew one and verse one and look at there. 
Jesus, the son of David. And, and, and you just try to build like that to show how the Bible all fits together. It's not as complicated as most people think it is. And so once you can get through with that, it's like the light bulb comes on and they, oh, I get it. But it's amazing, Dan, how many people don't get it. They never have put the pieces together. Correct. Now, that, I like the way That's you, how I do. You know, I put a study together with another fellow years ago when we were going down to, to work with the church in Jamaica. And I've tweaked it over the years and taken some verses, uh, added and out. But it's basically an open the Bible, like an open Bible test, uh, open book test. And uh, let them read and ask questions and let them read the answers. And, but I, I think that's really good that you approach it that way. And I like the way you describe that and helping people put the pieces of the puzzle together. I, I was, uh, uh, I, people call it different things. Uh, uh, you, you'll know what I mean when I call it a, a new converts class. Mm-hmm. So let's say that you have somebody that, uh, that obeys the gospel. So let's say it's, it's my wife and I, we go through your pieces of the puzzle study and we get it and we obey the gospel now now what do you do with us as new christians do y'all have any special classes that you uh that you're able to put us in or how, how do y'all go about that it it, it it's kind of hit or miss and i hate to say that but it but it is and i don't mean we, we, we want to miss and i don't mean we always have a special class that says okay dan you and your wife this is this class is just for you yeah. what i want to do is continue the relationship with you guys and, and have opportunities to keep on studying with you. At the same time, uh, we want to plug you into a class. If you're, if, if you're willing to come to a Bible class, we want to plug you into a class that's going to that's gonna connect more ba- with more basic things. Yeah. For example, if somebody's teaching a class on the book of Revelation, I probably wouldn't recommend that to new, to new Christians. Uh, I've been teaching a class uh, when we were teaching a class on... Um, Bible basics for believers, and it, and that kind of and that that's the kind of class that that new converts need to be in. But in all of my preaching and teaching, I try to I try to take scripture and I try to take text in such a way and present it on a level that you can understand. Because I want I want you to walk away from a class. If you don't get anything, I want you to get the principle. Hey, I can read the Bible and understand it. And so I kind of go I kind of go at it that direction and. And just kind of do it on a case by case basis. If there if there is somebody that needs a, a special class, we'll set it up for them. It's not a problem. Okay. So that's kind of how we do it. Okay, well that's good. Um, so tell me uh, a couple of things here in the last uh, five minutes or so. Um, maybe can you recount uh, uh, a story? Okay. Because I've always been fascinated with the way God had the writers put the Holy Spirit and inspired them to put the book together. It's full of stories, like you're talking mm-hmm. about with Ruth and uh, mm-hmm. Cornelia. <clears throat> anyway, um, but can you tell us or share with us maybe a story of someone that you studied with uh, uh, that became a Christian that, that, that comes to mind? Yeah, I was, I was on an airplane uh, going to Orlando. And we were getting ready to push back from this several years ago. We we're getting ready to push back from the gate. And I'm seated. I'm seated next to, to, well, she was an older woman then. Uh, I don't know. She's probably my age, <laughs> but I'm seated next to her. And I could tell she was a little nervous. And so, you know, that initial pushback from the gate, there's a little jolt of the aircraft. And she immediately reached for her air sick bag and said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get sick. Oh. And I said, I thought, oh boy, this is going to be a long day. So I grabbed the air sick bag and I said, no, 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 no. And I kind of talked her through the flight and, and, and we're going down the runway and, the, the inevitable question comes up, what do you do? And I told her, 
Yeah. And she raised her hands and she said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> she grabbed onto me. Wow. And so we get, we get down to Orlando. We talk all the way down and we get down to Orlando and there's a thunderstorm and we're going around and around trying to get in and land. And it was the plane is pitching and rocking and I'm having to pretend like this goes on every day. And so, and I told her why I was going to Orlando. I was going to be preaching there at a particular congregation. And, and, and so we're, as we're flying around, she said, if we get on the ground, I promise I'll be at church tomorrow. Wow. Well, we get, we get on the ground and, you know, we say our goodbyes and get our bags and leave. And I walk in the church building the next morning and one of the deacons meets me out and as I'm coming in the door. He said, there's some lady that's seated down on the second row with about eight people. Uh, and she says she met you yesterday on the airplane. I said, you got to be kidding. And so I went in and it was her. She brought her whole family. Wow. She was there visiting her family. She, brought, she brings her whole family. And so as we were talking after services are over, she asked when I was going back. And I said, well, I'm not going back till Saturday morning. She said, oh, my tickets for Thursday. She said, I was, I was hoping that, that you'd be on that flight and I could sit with you again. And I said, well, I've got to go back Saturday morning. And I get to the airport in Orlando Saturday morning and guess who's waiting for me at the gate? I'm it was that woman. And the flight wasn't full. And so we sat in the back. And we got our Bibles and we studied at 37,000 feet. And I'm thinking about Philip and the Ethiopian riding along in a different kind of chariot. We land. She lived about two hours away. We had a Bible study. We, we drove over there and had a study with her, talked to her. And it, it just, it just went, it went from there. And I got her in contact with the brethren over there. And, and uh, you know, it, it all comes back to just praying for opportunities. I've always told people, don't pray for opportunities unless you're serious about it, because God will God will put them right in your lap. Yes. Yeah. So pray and, and mean it, and you'll find the opportunity. It's there. Wow, what a, what a great story. Uh, yeah, we're uh, we're finding some some fascinating stories, as you can imagine, as as we talk <clears throat> to different ones. And uh, but I I think that's so true of uh, just being aware of that you were aware of her and her anxiety, yeah. and you and you just offered this simple help. Hey, what about this? What if, think about that, because this came up the other day. What if you had never even tried to help her? What if you had just ignored her and, and just turned your head away from her if she was, maybe she would have gotten sick. You know what I'm saying? Just oh, yeah. a simple yeah. thing like that of what can happen if we, if we just uh, turn our head and, and not realize those opportunities. Or we can come on too strong. I have a friend of mine who says, if, if, if you want to get the middle seat on a Southwest Airlines flight, get on there early and put your Bible in the middle seat and then look at people coming down the aisle and kind of go have the middle seat. Yeah. There, there are better ways to do there this. Are better way. ways. Better ways. Yeah. All right. One, one more thing. We've got okay. a couple left. We've been calling this the one thing. So, I, okay. you know, I, I know I've heard that I'm supposed to be involved in teaching others and leading others to Christ, but I just, you know, and maybe I've watched this episode and I've, I've gotten excited and I think I could do uh, a couple of things that Wilson has mentioned here. But if there was one thing that you could tell a listener, one thing that they need to do or know, learn how to do to be involved in leading others to Christ, what would you say? Connect. Just care and connect with people. You know, I mean, it's been said everyone communicates, but few connect. And you look, at, you look at Jesus, he communicated, but he also connected. And he wasn't afraid to sit down and talk to people. And he wasn't afraid to, to, to sit down and cry with people. He, he knew how to connect on a human level. That's why he came. 
one of the reasons he came. And so, I mean, that's our model. If you want to learn, you want to learn how to talk to people. You want to learn how to make a difference in people. None of us do this perfectly. That's not the issue. But if we will connect with people and show people we care, then the, then you'll have a better chance of gaining a hearing. Uh, that's that's so good. Uh, you know, um, so I'm watching this, and two things here. What would okay. uh, what would be the best way to get in touch with you if somebody wanted to? And tell us about uh, Courageous Living Books. Okay, first of all, Courageous Living Books is a series of uh, Bible study books that I have done over the over the years. There's 30 some of them, textual, topical, Old Testament, New Testament. And anybody can go to our website, CourageousLivingBooks.com, and you can see all of the books that are there. Lots of churches use them. A lot of individuals use them for their own personal studies. I just try to take the scriptures and, and make, them, make them simple, understandable, uh, applicable. That's, that's really the key is help people understand what does this have to do with me. And I try to do that in those, I try to do that in those books. Uh, anybody can reach me through Facebook. I mean, I'm, I'm, I try to write a daily message every morning. I get up between four and five and, and try to put something out to encourage. And so anybody can communicate with me um, through a message on, on, uh, on Facebook. It's, it's pretty easy. Well, thank you, Wilson. Yep. Uh, this time has gone so fast, but I do want to, uh, uh, just you know, not a plug or anything, but I mean, you have you a. Plug. It's okay. It's a plug. Okay, but you have you, and I'm saying this, uh, uh, you know, uh, respectfully, and I really mean it. But you have a real gift for writing. You 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 put things and say things in such a way that that a Dan Barker can understand it and uh, <laughs> and and make application. And I really I really appreciate that. And I know there's others out there that are familiar with your work uh, that appreciate that as well. But listen, brother, thank you okay. again so much for taking this time. Sure. Uh, sure. And, uh, we'll be talking some more, obviously, in the future. Okay. But okay. We're, uh, we're just so delighted that you were here. And we uh, pray that others will get interested in this uh, series and so we can motivate each other to uh, reach out and teach people in our community. So, okay, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Melt my heart and fill my life. Give me one soul today.